You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. It's a funny thing making a television critique. One day you're celebrating Pedro Pascal and where he might be able to find some chicky nuggies for his not-named baby Yoda, and the next you're wondering why on earth somebody thought adding an orgy to Great Expectations was a good idea. Your random thoughts are collected and released onto the internet in hopes of helping someone not be entertained, but to find entertainment that they were probably already looking for to begin with. It is a mystery within a paradox, especially when you're not even starting at the beginning. Join me, along with my fellow reviewers, Frank, hello, and Neil, greetings, as we explore the clues within our reviews in our podcast of Season 3 of Only Murders in the Building, hashtag Curly Mindy. That was awesome, Mindy. That's got to be my favorite opening of yours. <laughs> I shot. I love it. Things I freak. loved it. That was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Hello, everyone. I am Curly Mindy, and here we are with the rest of the One of Us crew reviewing only murders in the building. The sort of mystery comedy parody, whatever you want to call it, created by. Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. And we are here right at the beginning of season three, the musical season. Woo woo. So, of course, I had to be a part of it. Yeah, there was a season made for you. I mean, this is it, of course. (laughs) I have listened to Which of the Pickwick Triplets Did It so many times. So good. I have too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So before we get too into it, would either of you like to give a synopsis of this season without giving away too many spoilers? Season two leaves us jumping ahead and potentially there's a murder outside the building. (gasps) We're left hanging on because I think it's like eight months we jump or something like that. Yeah. Season three picks up and starts to fill in some of the gaps and works its way into fulfilling the promise of the title of the show. And it's all revolving around Oliver's possible return to Broadway with a Broadway show and everything involved with that, including a possible murder. I loved how this season unraveled because they took a fresh approach. The podcast didn't dominate like it was a bigger part of the other seasons, but it wasn't null and void. We got growth on our three characters. Still, you can't expect to really know who did it till the very very end only critique of the show might be that like if you're in episode two you're like red herring yeah but that's fine i don't want to know who did it the second episode i want them to slowly unravel that for me so and the red herrings are so fun you know just even like marinating in them i think they made a red herring tongue-in-cheek reference about middle of the season i'm largely with you neil i'm not gonna 
parrot everything you say, but I yeah, I think you hit it on the nail on the head. I think that this season took a really, really innovative approach, especially with the way it jumps back and forth time-wise. I thought basically we were going to have a flashback for an entire season, and we didn't. It felt very much in the present, but dealt with the past in a very clever way. I thought it utilized all of the actors remarkably well. It really had great new characters to explore. One of my criticisms of last season was that we spent too much time with side characters just for the sake of spending time with them. They didn't really serve any real purpose to the mystery or just to the overall story, the story parts that didn't have anything to do with the mystery. This, I thought, didn't have that problem. I felt that every character that we were introduced to, I enjoyed spending time with them and then found myself saying, oh, okay, wait a minute, but how are you going to tie into this? Uh, Yeah, this was a fun season. It was a fun season. I think part of it, too, is the fact that it is revolving around this production this Mm -hmm. murder mystery play that is turned into a murder mystery musical Mm -hmm. which is just ridiculous in and of itself i think this season made the ridiculous go up to 11 but because it is in the hands of people like martin short and steve martin who are veterans of this they're able to make it in a way that doesn't make it seem stupid but just makes it seem fun. Right. It's grounded, ultimately, at the end of the day. And on top of that, too, I mean, you mentioned all the guest stars. We'll talk about some of these guest stars. We have Meryl Streep, one of the biggest guest stars of this season. We have our murder victim, Paul Rudd, who I thought he was just going to be, like, the murderer. But the fact that he gets to come back in flashbacks, I found very interesting the way they utilized him. And especially the shout-outs to his career. I freaking love the episode of Girl Cop and the fact (laughs) that he, who is notoriously known for not aging, was made to look so old in Girl Cop. (laughs) And one of the things, too, and it goes for other seasons, I love the fact that the guest stars tend to be well-rounded because you have the movie people, but you also have people that are theater people. Mm -hmm. You have people that are young, people who are older. Like in this one, we also had Matthew Broderick and Mel Brooks who had guest parts that were delightful. So it's very clearly people from all walks of the entertainment world being a part of it. That's actually become one of my favorite parts of the series is seeing guest stars do takeoffs on themselves, playing on their real life persona. They're playing themselves, but they're playing heightened versions of themselves. You know, right. we had Sting in season one, Amy Schumer season two, and Matthew Broderick here. And, and he just had me in stitches. Like he exasperated Oliver, Martin Short's character, which was, I didn't think that that could be possible. And <laughs> at that very end, he's like, that is how a cop from Nova Scotia would walk and it's just like he just can't <laughs> it's brilliant and i love just like mel brooks just there on a phone being like did you tell him that he could do whatever he wanted <laughs> yes. oh you're fucked okay yes. <laughs> just... and on top of that too since this is a play in this show one of the things you know, the music the mm-hmm. music is written by broadway songwriters like Meryl Streep's song was written by one of the songwriters from Strange Loop. That was a beautiful song. I mean, yeah. they're all winners. That song was hauntingly good. Yeah. 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 Some of the writers for Dear Evan Hansen, 
for the musical adaptation of Some Like It Hot. Mm. Like, these are professional Broadway songwriters, which makes sense, considering that Steve Martin himself wrote a Broadway production. Right, I forgot about that. So it's just like, again, it goes back to not only picking people from not just TV or movies, but theater. And yeah. I mean, Meryl Streep, Matthew Broderick, both Broadway, yeah. but also like in the more behind the scenes stuff, which again, as me being a theater actress, I freaking love this. I was going to say, this had to be candy for you, like every it episode. Was, oh, God, <laughs> was so much candy. And the theater things of like having the theater ghost that you yeah, have to yeah. appease. And I love his character in particular. Howard, Michael Cyril Crichton as Howard Morris, yeah, yeah. The, the stage manager who wants to be an actor. He's been a consistently great presence throughout the entire series. He's really great. And, yes. and I think it was you, Neil, that mentioned. I love what they've done with our central like trio. They've really taken great care to progress these characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, their quirks are still there. Yes, Oliver still likes dips and you know this and that. And you know, I think he's still drinking gut milk because he bought so much of it from season one. <laughs> but they really have developed as characters and i love that because you know uh, you don't always see that with detectives you do it with some but i love that this is a detective show that treats its detectives like people and it never forgets that they're people and it gives them real flaws and hang-ups and insecurities and ambitions and moments of joy that are unique to them and to the friendship to the bond that they share that's becoming more and more apart from the mystery which is always really great you know the unity and the chemistry between the three of them as characters that's stronger than ever i feel i completely agree and they're growing too these characters these detectives are evolving in slightly different ways each season and this season i think we got the most out of any of them right of from where they are to where they end is the largest distance they've ever traveled yeah and i'm glad they did that because throughout the season they're given their own moments scenes away from the other two And that's really important because, again, it shows them as individuals. You love them together, but it's important that they exist independent of each other. The show is not turning this into a codependent unit, which I really appreciate. Well, we've gushed a lot about what we like. Is there anything that you think could be improved upon or thought was a mistake? Uh, You can go first, Neil. (laughs) I need to think about this. I slightly mentioned it. I don't want to know. I don't want to figure out accidentally or otherwise who did it in the second or third episode. Mm. But the first five or six, there's a spotlight and you're like, uh, the show is basically like they could have done it right. And the slow unravel, which each episode of we getting out more and more pieces of the night in question or whatever. Okay, no, they didn't. Okay, new suspect. That got a little tired this season, but because it's so engaging and these characters are so good and the actors and actresses are so good, I really don't mind it. You don't mind it. I'm hoping, spoiler, they've bring greenlit for a four. They have. They have. They have. That got announced the day of the season finale. So that they break from that because every season they've tried to do something a little bit different and maybe they do break from that where it's not quite suspect one next episode suspect two dismissed suspect three dismissed Mm -hmm. because they did it with this one too well the way that this one is set up will be interesting because it does seem to affect the main core a lot more and i don't want to give too many spoilers about it but it's like 
while also in last season it did affect the main core this one affects it even more so yeah at the risk of like repeating like a well-worn tagline this time it's personal right it really is the stakes are graver i think they will be in season four i think for me if there's one thing i would have changed is they have that moment and every mystery does every whodunit does where they say okay this is the clue that should have told you it was this person the one that they give here i don't think is that strong I don't want to call it lazy. I just think it's not as inspired as some of the other moments have been in the first two seasons. Are you referring to the hanky? I am referring to the hanky, yeah. That's revealed early on that there's a hanky in play, so I don't think that that's spoiling anything for anyone. No. It's the first clue is that the hanky is important. Yeah, but that last one, you know, that red carpet scene, it's a moment that they've done in the first two seasons. I just think they did it better fair but in the grand scheme of things that's such a small little quibble because i think this mystery is handled really well it ties up its loose ends fairly well except for one character and i guess there's not really a lot to tie in with him they just forgot about him which is sad which is howard's boyfriend Mm, yeah but i think that there's only so much story to go around and eventually becomes too many people to write for so i guess i could forgive them for that but i did like him so I guess maybe I'm just a little bummed. He didn't get his nice little character bow tied up. Yeah, I will say, I think part of it may be just that I have watched a lot of mysteries, like seasons and seasons of mystery shows. So yeah, I can definitely see the, hey, here's a character. They're obviously the killer. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> there were plenty of moments when my husband and I were watching it where we're like, oh, that's what this is. Oh, that's what this is. That's what this is referencing. And so, yeah, I can see for somebody who does not want things to be spoiled, especially if you're in tune to trying to figure out what the mystery is, to be like, oh, there it is. But because it is so fun, I didn't mind that no. just because like the connections are just so odd. Yeah. You know, yeah. I will say there was one point that I was like, really? It was Steve Martin's fiance. That was the one part where it's like, this feels kind of Rube Goldberg to me because it feels like she was set up to bring the wedding dress that became used later. And it's just like, was that really her only purpose to the story to have the wedding dress available? The lipstick. She delivers the lipstick. I'm not disagreeing with you, but she did deliver the lipstick as well as the wedding dress. For me, I thought she was there to signify the fact that Charles isn't where he needs to be, where he thought he was as a person in his own journey. And that's a shame. The way that ends is a shame, but it had to end that way, ultimately. He's not the place he thought he was. And that's an element of realness I appreciated in the midst of this madcap mystery that was going on. This show is really good at that. The episode with Meryl Streep and Martin Short... When they're having that lovely, like, little boat cruise. When she breaks his tooth. Breaks his tooth, (laughs) yeah. That's chock full of great character moments and character development and Mm -hmm. really talking about who these two people are. They're not devices and they're not springboards for a joke. And also, it's always refreshing to see older people in romantic relationships. Yes, yes, it definitely is. That's another thing this show does. It handles, it respects the different generations. Yeah, definitely. When in real life, everyone thinks their generation is the one and nobody else has it figured out. You know, older people don't have figured it out. Younger people don't have figured it out. This show really cares about both vantage points or all vantage points, really, which is so refreshing. So, before giving out too many spoilers, let's see what our final 
man, I was going to try and make this a whodunit and it just died like the murder <laughs> victim. So let's get into our final deceased thoughts. How about you start, Neil? This show continues to be a surprise and delight. You could see Martin and Martin Short being paired up because they've worked together, but you throw in Selena Gomez that if you're not a Disney kid, you may not have any exposure to her. And this show has continued to show they have chops outside what you would assume. And wrapping around podcasts in this one particular building and all this, they continue to reinvent the wheel brilliantly, and it's a really fun murder mystery. Only Murders in a Building continues to be top-notch in multiple categories. I'm very happy they're getting a four. I have complete faith in them to slightly reinvent the wheel just enough that they don't stray from what works, but not give us a copy and paste. Like they even kind of do a joke doing their murder board and they're like another woman. No, it's been done before. And they did a twist on that too. So this show, I can't rave about it enough. Nine and a half out of 10 old timey baby buggies. (laughs) Go ahead, Frank. You're on the air. I have nothing else in terms of praise for it. I've given it a lot and it's all been deserved. This is a show, and I don't want to say it in Jinx Season 4, but this is a show that, for my money, can do no wrong and has done no wrong in spite of maybe this little clue being a little too on the nose or this not being that much of a wow factor. This is a great show. It's a great tonal blend. It's a great character piece. It's funny. It's definitely for the active audience, for people who love deciphering and really, really love getting invested in what they're watching. I don't know how how anybody could ever have this on as just background. That would just be, A, a crime and B, probably impossible. I can't wait for season four. I think it needs to keep on doing what it's doing. This is a show that knows its strengths. It knows what works. But it's also in tune with its desire to try new things and be innovative in ways that other shows of this very specific genre, the comedy mystery, have not been. I'm just going to give this a perfect review. This might be my first 10 out of 10 of the year. 10 out of 10 cookies. Delicious looking cookies. And if they have something not so delicious on them, uh, that's fine. I'll just <laughs> scrape it off. It's a cookie with icing on it. I'm not going to pass that up. Uh, the tremors. <laughs> I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> yes, this show is a delight. The one thing that I have already said that I particularly love is the fact that it is pulling from all these different sources of entertainment, the fact that it doesn't focus on like, this is the youth, this is, you know, it doesn't focus on a particular group. And in that way, it does the nigh impossible feat of seeming to reach all of them. It is quirky and funny and the cast really works well together. And again, as you mentioned, that makes sense for Steve Martin and Martin Short, but Selena Gomez fits in there just as well. And it's a delight to see what antics they are up to, which, while ridiculous, still makes sense within the world. Yes, some things, if you're looking for the mystery part, you see it. But it's such a fun little journey, you do not mind. And here's to season four, Bloody Mabel. Go watch it. It's fantastic. And this one, you get a soundtrack written by Broadway pros, sung by Broadway pros, and honestly, that just makes my world. So I am going to give it 9 out of 10 
crab people because we ain't cutting the crab people. They're important <laughs> to the story, damn it. God, I thought you were going to say episodes of Cobra or something like that. Oh, I mean, that just goes without saying. Girl cop. Girl cop, yeah. Make sure you bring the car back before prom. You got to catch that perp. <laughs>